Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, brother, how you doing? Good, 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 good. How you doing? Oh, about the same. Nothing to complain about. Busy. There's a, you know, July we had, every single day we had something scheduled. Or someone did. Like kids are at, like these, they did mission trips. Like my daughter was in Calgary for a week and, you know, they volunteer at soup kitchens or uh, crisis pregnancy care centers and then the following week Isaiah went to Vancouver to do the same thing and it's just like man oh man every single day in July we had something scheduled it's crazy and then people are like oh you guys going anywhere for, for summer vacation it's kind of like I kind of just want to all be home <laughs> and not do anything <laughs> but yes I'm going to bed for vacation yeah I'm gonna nap for four days yeah or even just sit in a lawn chair in the evenings and just like watch the sunset, you know? It's kind of nice just to chill for a bit, but how about you? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, nothing, you know, stuff. Uh, Danette's mom came home from the uh, rehab center for her broken hip. Yeah, how's uh, she doing? Yesterday, she's doing all right. I mean, that's good. Broken hip. Yeah, yeah. Nasty. She's doing way better than I thought she'd do at this point. No, that's good. Right on. And then did you end up, uh, so last week we didn't record because you had to take your uh, vehicle in for some electronics fixing. Did the... Yeah, the... uh, It's really weird. You know, Toyota 4Runner is an off-road built capable machine. Yeah, except the newer ones from like 20... 14 or 15 to present with those new uh, infotainment centers in there. Hmm. Rough roads kind of kill them. Yeah. <laughs> and this will be the, we bought the vehicle and then right after we bought it, it went bad. It's a warranty item. So they, you know, just a couple of days without it, mm-hmm. but took it in that first time they, you know, replaced it. And as Danette was leaving leaving the dealership it went bad wow turns around goes back in it was just not programmed or installed or whatever correctly okay and uh which is very disconcerting because all she did was i don't know turn it on and figured out it didn't work you guys didn't (laughs) i don't know test it yeah well no the answer is no you didn't but Hmm. um and i actually talked to I, I did one of those stupid surveys, but apparently Toyota takes those a little bit more seriously than most. And I got a call from a district person uh, down in Atlanta. And then uh, I had a conversation with that guy. And then got a call from a lady in Ohio. Hmm. And then the dealership called and was like, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. I wish you had to talk to us first. I did twice. Yeah. You didn't care. Yeah. Shut up. That's crazy. And, uh, so now it went bad again and made an appointment. 
The first one they had was that Friday morning. And the you can drive the car without that thing working, but you shouldn't kind of mm. thing. Oh, okay. So, and as I was pulling into the dealership for my appointment, I get a phone call from the dealership saying, oh, yeah, we can't do it today because that guy called in sick. Hmm. And then we had the whole run around with, so it's a warranty service item. It's just like changing any other part. Literally, you pull off the trim panels around it out of the dashboard, some screws, pull it out, the what I call a cannon plugs, but they're, you know, the electronic plugs. And you put a new one in and then mm-hmm. you use your little Toyota scan tool and you reprogram it, which isn't really called, they call it reprogramming. It's really not. It's just telling the ECM that, yes, um, this very expensive electronic component being put in a car is legit. Is not stolen, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's so stupid. Did you end up uh, getting it fixed? So or? Monday afternoon, really late. Um, Danette just swung by there on her way home from work from Oak Ridge, and then she was there till almost eight o'clock. Oh wow! Uh, fun, fun, eh? Hey? Yeah, they can just wait on this uh, uh, survey. <laughs> that's right i i had that you know toyota's already sent it to me because it's a one it's a repeat item on that same vehicle and i must be on some list but uh but the dealership used to call every time you take something in for even a oil change they would call you hey you know this is so and so uh you know Cumberland Toyota just wanted me about it. Yeah, they don't care now. Hmm. That's crazy. <clears throat> They're gonna. Yeah. Maybe you're on that list now because they know you have a podcast. No. <laughs> they, they could care less. That's true. Oh, dear. It's a bummer. Well, it's fixed now, so that's good, I guess, hey? Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I talked to somebody... Uh, in their local area here. Um, they're not a stranger. I know who they are. It's a guy that did some work at the house for a company, um, like a utility. But uh, I told him about our podcast right after we even started doing it. And I saw him out and about one day. He's like, hey, Todd, how's it going? I'm like, hey, you. Like, I'm horrible with names. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we laughed about that, and he's like, man, uh, I, you know, listened to the uh, most recent episode, whatever that was, and uh, he's like, yeah, I just love, I just, you know, love listening to it on the way into work one day. You know, it just keeps me laughing the whole time. I'm like, hey, you're that one guy that likes it. That's right. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's so stupid. It's so funny. I'm like, <laughs> you get it. <laughs> yeah. You actually get it. It's funny. Well, uh, here, I'm just opening up our analytics. I'm surprised. Like, some days we'll get, like, like on July 22nd, we had 19 downloads. Ooh. And the next day is five. And the next day is nine. It's, I'm shocked that 
there's that many. Oh, August 2nd, 3rd. We haven't had any. It's because we missed a week. <clears throat> yeah. No oh, well. But yeah, with the, the last the last one we recorded was our 100th episode, correct? Yes, it was. Right on. Cool. 101. Yep. That's cool. The bar has been lowered again. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I... Uh, did we talk about how, I think it was during the recording of the last one, how Xtool had reached out and possibly you're offering me another one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was just a different contact. And then I was like, yeah, sure. And so she said, oh, I'll give you this P2, which is one I want, that really nice enclosed one. And I said, absolutely, I'm interested. And then she comes back, she goes, okay, I think the 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 D the Xtool d1 pro would be a great fit for you with a 20 watt diode it's like and then a, a two watt infrared laser it's like mm, i already have very equivalent to that and i was like can't i get and so i also asked have you seen their f1 i guess you may be not familiar with all their products no i've been, I I've been like laser geeking man but they have this one's called an f1 and it looks like about the size of like a, a coffee pot coffee maker and it's got a 10 watt diode laser and then it's got a two watt infrared laser, which is better for steels, aluminum, stuff like that. And it's really cool because it'll actually show you the outline of the picture. And then it just has a bunch of cool features and stuff, um, but not for as big of stuff. You know, you can't really, wouldn't be for like cutting anything out, but just for marking stuff. But um I said, well, could I have one of those? And she goes, oh, I just found out that you already are working with one of my colleagues and I'll, I'll let him take care of you from now on. And so I don't know if they're going to send me anything else or not, but we'll see. But I have sold, uh, I have sold two lasers for them. So that's cool. not, yeah. And their affiliate is, is not bad. You get 8%. Wow. Yeah. It's like in, in a 12 hour period, I made like $107 in affiliate sales. I'm like, Really? I was like, that's not bad for like making a video and you get like a $2,000 laser, you know? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I think actually everything they sent me, if I were to buy it, it'd be over three grand US. So I'm happy as a pig in mud. <clears throat> and then I got, uh, yesterday, the day before in the evening, UPS dropped off the honeycomb. And so just last night I was, I tried cutting some stuff. Oh man, that I need, I seriously need to look into some type of, uh, extraction like smoke extraction set up because it smokes out that i thought oh i got a big shop and i have the laser in the back of the shop right now oh man it smokes up that place like crazy so i gotta i gotta figure out where i want that thing exactly and then kind of commit and then i'll probably put you know just a what most people do is <clears throat> a lot of people just make like a plywood enclosure like a box with a hinge and so you can open it up, put your stuff in, and then when you hit start, you close it, and then they'll have some holes on the front, and then a lot of people just use like those inline duct fans, yeah, and just shoot it out. So I might even go so far as to put like a little hole, like a penetrate the exterior wall, and get one of those little exhaust louver things and stuff like that. But I gotta figure it out first. I think in the interim, I might just wheel it outside, just set up outside if I'm gonna do any cutting but and i tried cutting laser or sorry leather and it works fantastic but man does that stink i mean you can imagine you know what yeah. that would smell like well yeah. it smells like burning hair it's <laughs> nasty 
So I guess uh, definitely, definitely need that. But I can't believe how well it marks on steel, man. It's unbelievable. And so many people are like, oh, yeah, you can't. I don't know why there's this this conception out there, that misconception that you cannot mark on steels and stainless steels with blue diode lasers. And that is not the case. Like my little, the little 10-watt does such a clean job. And then I swapped out the 40-watt and, man, it it chunks it down like... It takes a significant amount of material off, like way more than I can get doing electro etching. And I've had my electro etch, like I'll just go pass over pass over pass and a whole bunch and you actually get it so it really grabs your nail really well. Well, this thing, man, in just less than a minute, it's like twice as deep as that. So overall, I'm actually shocked at how good these little desktop lasers are. They're pretty crazy. My... um. My questions would be more towards longevity. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> they seem very intelligently built, though. Like, um, like it, it reminds you of an Apple product when you pull it out. Like, everything's packaged properly. And then just in putting it together, it's actually quite robust. Even this uh, honeycomb. Like, I was expecting something pretty flimsy, but I bet it weighs, like, 40 pounds. Like I went out to the front gate to pick it up and I'm like, oh my word, this thing is heavy. It's actually, I don't know. There, it's, it's interesting. But I guess, you know, they've been working on this stuff for a while. And um, yeah, yeah, they, it seems to me like they've got it dialed in. Like you just put it together, you plug it in and it just works. And it's just like, wow, that, that's crazy. Um, have you ever heard of the company Laser Pecker? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, what a name, right? But yeah. they uh, they reached out to me and they want to send me their LP4, which is the same, very similar to the um, the F1 that Xtool has. So it's kind of same thing, like an upright form factor. It's got a 10-watt diode laser and then a 2-watt infrared laser. And uh, they want to send me that. And I think I might take them up on it because why not have two lasers, you know? Yeah. Um, it'd be kind of cool. Like this, <clears throat> the X tool, the, the big thing I think I, I really would love it for is cutting out leather sheaths. Because, man, if you can just, you know, you draw it up, you get a perfectly clean cut, and it does a good job on leather. I was cutting leather yesterday, man. And then to me, that's like the hardest, well, not the hardest, but it's, I hate it. I hate cutting leather out with a knife, like cutting out your sheaths. It's just, I do not, especially the curves, right? It's hard to cut a nice clean curve in leather because you need a robust blade and, you know, you got the thickness of the blade doesn't want to curve very much. And so if I could just like psst, cut them out on the laser and then have the other one, the laser pecker, <laughs> have that for doing all the marking and stuff, it might be kind of cool. So yeah, I, uh, I told her I'd be interested in that and they're going to send me a rotary too so I could do cups or whatever. Not that that's overly fascinating to me but we shall see we have had yeah, a lot of i mean not just for anything like that but if you did a more uh rounded uh handle on a knife or something like that and you wanted to you know engrave something around the circumference of that mm -hmm. you might be able to do that you know yeah just all, all kinds of ways to use it. Mm -hmm. All kinds. 
Yeah, it's crazy how you I tape little kittens to the roller, and as they roll around, <laughs> that's right. Um, did you see the video I did on YouTube about it? Yeah. Yeah, I said you're gonna engrave everything, and then I go, yeah, kitty, kitty. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's funny. Like I can't believe I thought this was something because it's kind of out of my lane. Like I've never done any CNC anything or digital anything on my channel, and a lot of interest. Like. And especially on Instagram, like so many people messaging me about this and, oh, I thought about this, but I didn't know if it would work and yada, yada. And uh, no, it's actually, it's kind of crazy. Like, I don't know. It's weird. I'm pretty stoked about it. And the thing I like too is that I'm, I'm like an idiot when it comes to like designing on a computer. And man, you don't, like I just grab an image, put it in there and you can like have it outline it like you could take a photograph of somebody and click outline and it'll outline it and then you can take out elements just by clicking and deleting them and and it's it's crazy how well it works but yeah fun stuff fun stuff yeah you know i i don't know if it was x tool but one of those companies started off um not, not maybe not necessarily through a GoFundMe or anything like that, but or crowdfunding. But they did like nothing but pre-orders. Yeah, laser pecker. Yeah. I mean, you do no. I only heard of them recently. There was another one oh, okay. like a couple of years ago. It doesn't really matter. It was a product. Um, it was either a laser or something like that. I know there's a new one that's like a desktop water jet. Hmm. That started through crowdfunding. Oh, Wazer? Um, or uh, pre-orders. Yeah. You know, you figure a decade ago, there were so many horror stories about, oh, yeah, you know, this company was going to sell something through crowdfunding, and it fell through, and nobody got their money back. Hmm. You know, just all these scams out there. So I've always been leery of things like that. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you, just yesterday, I received uh, my headrest for my office chair that I bought um, back in December, January. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, the chair is awesome. And, it you know, it's a Herman Miller. It's an Embody, probably one of the best ergonomic chair, office chairs you can buy. You pay for it dearly, you know, with your firstborn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But one of the things that always baffled me about it, because it's was designed, engineered, built as an ergonomic chair. They wanted it to be the best spinal chair you could get. Hmm. Comes with no headrest, no head support whatsoever. Hmm. So this other company that is a big fan of Harmon Miller chairs, particularly for gaming and stuff like that. They, you know, you wanted headrests. So they started 10 years ago um, R&Ding, designing, engineering a product that would look, feel, taste, whatever, just like if Herman Miller bought it, I mean, built it. So it'd be the, from the same material, the same colors, the same fabrics, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you bought it from... This company, it's called Atlas Headrest. It would look and feel just like if Herman Miller bought it. And I'm like, you know, this is a good chair. And their headrest is reasonably priced for what it is. 
If it is what it is, they say it is, right? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> gave him $189.95 back in January. Just got the headrest yesterday. Oh, wow. And I will tell you, it's the most impressive thing like I've ever seen in, in this uh, kind of product where you try to make something for something like aftermarket product. Mm-hmm. It, it's comfortable. It's great. It looks, feels, the, the coloring is perfect to the chair. Hmm. Um, the fabric is, I got my little uh, jeweler's loop out and looked at the fabric. Yeah. Um, <laughs> highly magnified. It looks perfect. Wow. Um, Dude, I know. I, I've never heard of a Herman Miller chair. I just looked them up. <laughs> You're not joking. They are expensive. <laughs> yes, they are. I was $2, thinking $2,000 for a chair. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like some really fancy like leather with like nice mahogany. No, I wanted a, and, something that looked like a big 50s banker chair, yeah. giant leather thing. But they're not all that good <clears throat> for you, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're not practical. Um, so anyway... I uh, I got it, and that's insane. This thing is awesome. Really, I had no clue you could spend that much money on an office chair. Oh yeah. <clears throat> like I'm looking at here, this EQ3 website, their resellers, whatever, two thousand six hundred seventy-seven dollars for the Embody yeah. chair. And if you look at the back of the Embody chair, um, from the back side, you see all that. Yeah. That weird matrix looking thing. Yeah. Every one of those works independent of the other to conform to your spine. That's crazy, man. So is that what you're sitting on right now? Uh, Yeah. Been sitting on it since I moved down here in January and uh, into the office. That's crazy. Well, that's cool. But, and now this morning I got the headrest yesterday, but we were dealing with uh, mother-in-law coming home from rehab for Mm -hmm. her broken hip. So we were over there most of the afternoon, all afternoon. Hmm. So I didn't worry about. I'm I'm going down, you know, before the show in the morning. Takes five, less than five minutes to put it on. Right. And on. I will tell you, they are even so thoughtful that they send this other part with it, <clears throat> where you attach their headrest to the spine of the chair. Right. Mm-hmm. They give you. What do they call it? Optional protective film. It is oh, wow. a incredibly thin UHMW adhesive strip where you can put around the actual spine of the chair and then put their headrest attachment point over the top of that. That way it'll never, you know, mar your yeah. chair. I'm like, that's really cool, but I don't need it because... It ain't never coming off if it works. That's crazy. And it's fully adjustable up, down, back, front. Um, it flexes with the chair. Hmm. The engineering on this for less than $200 is crazy. Hmm. Even cool. the head, part, the headrest itself has those matrix arms in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. You're like a high roller, Todd. 
No, not really. I'll just have a bad back. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's, I guess. But I, I'd rather have a good back and a $200 chair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just telling you. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. I uh, I usually just sit on the plastic Ikea chairs. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing I'm noticing. It's like every time I set up a new little station in the shop, it's like, oh, great. I need to buy another chair because... You know, you need a wheelie chair to wheel around when you're doing laser stuff. And then you need one in the office and here and there and everywhere. And If I'm doing shop stuff, I love roll around like stool chairs. Yeah. <laughs> like the old fashioned shop stool chairs or drafting chairs that, you know, they spin, they rotate, they reel, mm-hmm. they wheel around. Uh, anyway. Yeah. That's cool. There's a newer version of like your old roll around shop stool that looks like one of those chairs I'm talking about, but it's on a stool, not on a chair. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so getting one of those right on. for Christmas or my birthday. Yep. Right on. Um, yeah. Like, so like thinking, was that headrest you got? Was that a crowdfunded thing? It was pre-ordered. Oh, okay. Um, and then every week they send you just a quick email update on what they've done that week. Mm-hmm. But if you want to know like more details about percentages, things like that, then you can go to their online blog. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, even if it's a scam, they're doing a good job at making it not look that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then I see the product that you get for just 189 bucks. It's unreal. Hmm. It's unreal. That's, that's cool. Yeah, so and was, it took them ten years to come up with the uh, manufacturing processes, the distributors, the uh, manufacturers, and they kind of allude to the fact that um, they found the people who make the fabrics and the plastics for Herman Miller hmm. and have worked out a deal. So they're, you're not just getting something that's engineered to be the same. It is the same. Yeah. That's cool. And I'm hoping that Herman Miller will at some point um, work with them to, you know, include their product or buy them out and use it something. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Um, yeah, the crowdfunding, you never really, I think most of the time it's pretty legit, but, uh, I was looking into it and yesterday, the day before and laser pecker, they are, they started out as GoFundMes and they've, so they're onto the number four now. And I think I heard somebody say that every product, when they launch it, they do the initial launch as a GoFundMe just so they can get the capital. Um, and now this LP4 has just come off, like the, the GoFundMes have all been fulfilled. And so now they're selling, that's how they do it, I guess. But the, the interesting thing with this is that the laser head swivels 180 degrees. So you could put it like up against a wall and actually just tilt the laser to point at the wall and you could engrave on the wall. Or like people do like vases or like a ceramic vase. You can just point it at it and then do that. So that's kind of cool. But it's uh this and this little laser weighs ten pounds. 
It's just not so one popular thing people do is if you do like craft shows and stuff, they'll get a bunch of coasters ready and you can just customize them right on site there. Cause it'll do a coaster in like 20 seconds or something like, like wood burn it in. Not that I intend to do that, but it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. All this stuff, you know, um, one thing I find hard though, is that when you look at laser ideas, it's all exactly the same. Like just, Hey, we put a cute phrase on a slate coaster or we, and you know, we put your dog's name on a dog tag and it's like, what's like, I want cooler stuff to do than just that, you know, but yeah, I mean, you got to do the, the, oh, what do they call it? The, uh, the ham and eggs of the, you know, business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you have the signs I can't believe that, you know, I'm astounded that you guys do so well that there are so many people out there that want those signs. (laughs) Not that you're not making quality product. It's just. I know. It's like the Bentwood rockers of the eighties. Every woman that got pregnant for the first time, somebody bought her a Bentwood rocker. I'm like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Where are they at now though? Yeah. They gone. Yeah. No, that's true. That always shocks me too. It's like, you know, those signs are exactly those things that I would like be. Re- it's funny. I, we would, Steph and I make these signs and like, there's no way we would ever buy one of these. Like, it's just not our jam. You know, we're not having so said gimmicky. that. Yeah. And we've, we've done a couple like different ones, like for our house, but Steph will put like a Bible verse or something on it and then we'll, we'll frame it and actually make it look different. But yeah, I can't believe that we've sold so many. I think Steph's almost at like 11,000 sales on Etsy. I think. But slow right now. Super slow right now. Summertime. You know. People are not spending their dollars at the moment. <clears throat> but. but. Yeah. And uh, got a bunch of. I have a whole bunch of knives that are done that are just waiting for sheaths. And so that's why I'm really itching to figure out how. I need to find some. 2d drawing software that's not like i looked at like auto autodesk or whatever it's like 90 bucks a month and i'm like that's a ripoff man for for how little of the features i'm gonna use like i want something that's just i used to use sketchup back when you could get it back when it was free and then they were bought out and blah 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 and then now i don't think you can even get used to be able to get like an education version and then we just you know prove that the kids are homeschooled and we use it for education, then they give us a license. I don't think they even do that anymore. And there's so many like going on YouTube, like best 2d design software. And I don't, I don't care if I have to pay for it. Like I'd pay 20 bucks a month, but I'm not paying $90 per month for something that essentially I'm going to basically drop my sheaths and then save those files. And then I probably rarely use it again. You know, it's not like I'll be constantly designing new products that I need to, to draw out, but we shall see. Yeah. And yeah, I, I started using SketchUp when it was a new thing, but it quickly, quickly got on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First time I had SketchUp was when it was still owned by Google. 
Yeah, yeah, that's when I was using it. Yeah, haven't used it since it was still with Google because it just I it got on my nerves. You know, it. Oh, it's so easy to use, and it was until they kept just updating it and updating. And then it it outran itself. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, dude, it's still just two D for for what it is, and now you make it so complicated in some ways. Um, you know, Fusion 360 is easier to learn. Have you ever tried that? I've tried it, and I'm like, wow, I'm not, I'm not, my brain ain't ready for that. Yeah. Because that's a commitment. Yeah, yeah. Um, it really is. And there, But there's another product out there, kind of like Fusion 360, but it's more for noobs. And hmm. I can't remember the name of it. And I've tried it, the free version. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good, you know, because it, it's kind of intuitive in the fact that um, whoever designed this thing knows how you should be designing things. Mm. And so, because, you know, kind of it's a step-by-step sort of process, um, drawing in CAD or any kind of CAD software. So if you start doing something that's, way out of order it lets you know mm. hmm. that's kind of cool yeah yeah i think the thing with all those programs is that very few people want them for simple shapes you know like you think about how simple a, a drawing of a sheath just like the line drawing of a sheath and like all i want to be able to do is draw half of it and then mirror it and then you know, add a little loop for the belt loop at the top and cut that out. But even like SketchUp, the way they market SketchUp now is for like architecture. And it's like, that's not what I'm interested in. Like, I, I don't care to lay out rooms. And even if I ever did, it would be to set up my shop and it would be like a an above looking down view, just flat. Like I just want two dimensions. I want an X axis and a Y axis. That's all I want to work in. And it seems even I'll try out these free ones. You try these free trials and then their default, they put you in this 3D modeling space. It's like, I don't want this. Like, where do I find the the drawing, just a flat drawing, you know? I don't know. Wish there was something that like was Like trying just... to go to Starbucks to get a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wait, wait, um, what? Yeah, what would you like? A large coffee. Oh, we don't do that here. What? Yeah. We've got um, a half wrap, double whip, extra cream, well, your, triple shot. Your crap tastes burnt. <laughs> anyway, so. I agree. You know, you know, and they I used quit going there way before I was willing to boycott somebody just for being woke. Um, mm-hmm. just because their coffee sucked in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, um, every once in a while we would enjoy like a hot chocolate or their oatmeal was good back in the day, but well, do you know, Starbucks now they're not allowed to have pride flags in their stores. No. Yeah, that that shocked me. I guess something happened or something. Someone complained and said, this is, it actually like, it blew my mind. But I noticed it and all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, you go in like Pride Month and there's no flags in Starbucks. And I asked Steph and she actually found out that they're not allowed. It's against company policy now because it's true. And you think about it, like, I, I don't care where you stand on the issue. If some person has their 
you know, a flag that represents their ideology, then everybody should be allowed to have a flag that represents their ideology. And Starbucks said, you know what, we are not going to get into this. We are not supporting any, any side. We make coffee and beverages and, and treats. Like that's what yeah, we're going to do. The, the ultimate end of that is obviously going to be a swastika flag. Yeah. Somebody wants hung up and then nobody wants that. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, I remember yeah. Starbucks, like when they first, I remember I'd always work in the States and there's Starbucks and we didn't have any in Canada. And then when they came to Canada, they were good, like back in the like early 90s. And they would have like multiple different blends. Like sometimes there'd be like three different dark roasts that you could get. And then it was like that for about 10 years. And I, I loved it. Like I would buy my baked coffee, I'd buy like aged Sumatra and like really nerd out on these different coffees that they had. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, we've got Pike's Peak. That's the dark roast. And that is a gross roast. Like, that is not a good coffee. And it's like, well, what else do you have? No, no, we've switched. All we're doing now is Pike's Peak. And I'm like, that's like your worst coffee. Why don't you do Sumatra? That's way better. Because it's not as profitable as Pike's Peak. And so now... And it's no matter where we get our coffee, when we get it, how long it sits in a warehouse or on a ship, we can get a consistent flavor to be Pike's Peak. Yeah. Because it sucks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that, that was the time I just stopped drinking Starbucks because it's like, man, this is not worth my time. Or they're like, oh, we can do something else as a pour over. I'm like, yeah, but a pour over is like $3 more. I just want a cup of coffee, you know, that tastes good. So I don't. Well, then go to Seattle's best. And you know what happened there? They became a competitor. So Starbucks bought them out and ruined them. Yep. Yeah, and I never really, I've tried this. never hear from Uncle Henry again. Yeah. (laughs) I never never really liked Seattle's Best. It was okay, but. I only like Uncle Henry's blend. Hmm. And, yeah. And, you know, it's such a popular thing. It's good. Like, coffee drinking has kind of become bougie in a certain sense that now, like, I think Calgary, I don't know how many coffee roasters they have. But you can go and buy like, like, well, Kobe's birthday was this past week and he wanted some coffee. Uh, we got him an AeroPress, a grinder, like from when he's at school, so we can make really nice coffee. And there's this one place called Fratello Cro- Coffee Roasters and we bought him a bag. It was August 2nd or August 1st we bought it and it was roasted on July 26th. And it's like, that is some good fresh coffee. And and there is a significant difference. And you know, I've, I've got my own coffee roaster. I don't do it as much as I used to, but I used to always roast my own coffee. And you get coffee that's been roasted. Like you can't have it. You usually have to let it sit for about 24 hours because it's kind of weird right out of the roaster. But I would always roast my coffee. And then the day later, I'd grind that up. And the difference between fresh roasted coffee and like something you just buy at a store is the same difference as like bread right out of the oven or wonder bread from the gas station. Like it's just same thing in theory. Yes. But the, it's just so much better. And even that, like you can't get that at Starbucks, you know, cause their, their coffee shipped in from who knows where. And like you say, how long has it been sitting on a boat or yeah, it's just not cool. It's nice it was, having you know, better they, options. They, they got the number one market share in the world. Then they said, now how do we come up with just, grotesque profit yeah yeah. and better yet how can we more adequately mask where we're getting our coffee Mm. 
Because now, oh, you know, that's becoming an issue. So you can't really say it's Sumatran because then those people get mad and, you know, blah, 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 screw the farmer, blah, 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 blah. So we're just going to call it Pike's Peak and blend it from crap we get all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, there are all kinds of reasons Starbucks did what it did. But these... um. Greta's of the world that just think Starbucks is the cat's meow are clueless. How dare the, you? That the companies that they're championing, champion whatever that word is, is they're just out for your money. Yeah. They don't care. I mean, they would grind kitten bones if they thought it made <laughs> profitable coffee. I wonder how that would taste. <laughs> you could you could etch the bones i'm not sure you could roast them that's right you have to do multiple passes at low power (laughs) that's a video i should do how to roast a coffee bean with a desktop laser make um popcorn with a laser yeah oh now we're talking yeah see if you were on if you were into doing shorts or something like that, yeah, that, that would be a short right there. You know, line up some popcorn <laughs> kernels and. Uh, I got a two thousand dollar desktop popcorn maker. <laughs> you know your uh, knife, your hand with the knives to it. Yeah. Etch that like, you know, um, three inches by three inches on the top of a steak. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've seen people like laser etch the like a logo into toast and it's like into bread and then they toast yeah. it and it's like, yep, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's silly Billy. It actually is so funny. It's man, it's kind of obnoxious how how you wanna just oh I could I could put my mark on here. Oh, let me mark this. Let me do this. My favorite, and I haven't been able to find it. I wish I could. It used to be out there. I don't know how in the world it got deleted from everywhere, but there was a, you know, one of these just incredibly stupid teenage girls that are on social media doing dumb stuff for, mm-hmm. and ma- but making an incredible amount of money at doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, there was one with one with a desktop laser that was, had the brilliant idea that they were going to laser designs into their fingernails. <laughs> how did that work out for her well you went okay um now we're gonna get start um let me get this focused in okay start Ah! (laughs) that's about how it went (laughs) i forgot to turn the power down oh that's funny that's funny yeah like that like when i use that 40 watt I've tried doing some deep etching on steel and it gets it warm. Like I did one, I did three passes and I'm not joking. It's probably in there like at least a 32nd of an inch. Like it is a deep cut of my logo, just in a piece of scrap stainless. And I went to pick it up and it not hot that I had to put it down, but I'm like, Oh wow, this steel actually heated up. But, um, Oh, like that for sure. Even that 10 watt, like you could just cut your finger right in half. If you just laid it under there, you know, did you hear about what Jimmy Darista did? No. Um, 
So he had somebody had a laser head <clears throat> and then he had this old a real vintage uh like scroll saw stand table thing and they're like you know what what if we make a the world's first like laser bandsaw and so they did they mounted this laser head and kind of bypassed they they did a bunch of stuff so you just turn it on and it comes on at full power and you just hold the piece and move it through i never saw videos but i heard him talking about it on a podcast and he said it was kind of interesting, but he said you don't realize how important like the the blade is as far as keeping it straight. Because you know, you push something through a bandsaw, you've always got however wide your blade is, it kind of keeps it. It's like a rudder. And he says it's almost impossible to make a straight cut by hand with this laser because you push it and there's nothing, nothing giving any even the slightest little bit of okay, maintain this direction, you know. But they, they took it all apart because they tried. I think they like fired it up, messed around for an afternoon. They thought, you know what? This thing is just way too dangerous because you put your hand through it. Just, literally, you could just cut your finger off in a matter of seconds or less than that. Just like they say, yeah, this is a this is a pretty bad idea. Yes. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if he ever did a video on that. I'm not I never heard if he did or not, but I heard him talking about it a few times on different podcasts. Well, let's hope he did not. Yeah. And get a guy in trouble. <clears throat> but speaking of dumb stuff, the got the rodeo coming this weekend, and Kobe and Isaiah and I are volunteering for the running of the bulls again. So I gotta watch a whole bunch of stupid idiots stand in front of angry bulls and get mauled. Please vlog, please vlog it. I think I should actually. <laughs> Well, I'm half tempted to go do an Instagram live too. Because I'm sure my boys, like I could hand one of, they always record it with their phones or whatever. And I could just give them a GoPro. And, um, but I might, I might jump a, just throw Instagram live on and see how many people want to watch it happening in real time. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I also had like, I did some videos just with my phone last year. And I was thinking this year, like, It'd kind of be hard, like in a sense, I think it might be a waste, but I would like to just photograph like still images, like just because basically the way it works is we set up on the infield of the rodeo, we make a big circle, so it turns the infield into a track. And then at every joint, they have one of those corral panels coming off at 90 degrees to stabilize it. And they have to have a volunteer sitting on that panel just to add a little girth to it. So we have to sit up on the panels. And so you've got this great view of everything that's happening. And I thought if you just sat there with a camera, have it ready and just you put it to sport mode and just try to, oh, some of those still images might be incredible. But then I'm like, then I can't video it. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I think there's a certain sense if I, if you could get an amazing still image of somebody just getting clobbered by a bull, I think that'd be more, to me, I would find that more valuable than the video of it. Probably not to anybody else though. Still it images just are depends losing. on your the medium. It's not necessary. Well, the like if you were trying to sell it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. But because some uh, of the still some of the best most um, effective as far as eliciting emotions for me have been still images. Oh yeah. By far for me too. Like if I could have an amazing video clip of something or 
one image from that scene that was just captured at the right time, I would take the image all day, every day. You can spend more time in it. Like it, you kind of get lost in it. Whereas with a video, it's like, yep, this is, this is it. You just saw what happened and your mind just is kind of like, okay, that's fine. I figured it out. But when you look at an image, you're always like, somehow you can play things in your mind. You kind of imagine like, okay, how high did he get rocketed from this bull? Like I can see the bull just launching him into the air. I don't know. I would say if I had to choose what I'd prefer, like say if I could only share one thing, only video or only stills, I would, I would go still images, I think. I like I like just photography. But, but nobody, uh, nobody, it's kind of lost. It's kind of a, nobody really does that anymore. Yeah. The old digital cameras, eh? <clears throat> Yeah, we're doing that this weekend coming up, and then it's a long weekend here. Do you guys have any holidays this month? Oh, there. I don't know anything about that anymore. Yeah. So this uh, we got a long weekend this weekend. Heritage Days they call it, and then next weekend. Ooh, I won't be able to record next week. Okay. Because we're doing, our church has a big family camp, and so we're going up Thursday afternoon. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That'd be fun. We, uh, where we stay is at, if you have six, no, five or more people in your family, you can get a cabin. This camp kind of has two sides to it. There's the one main side, and there's like tons of RV stuff, and they've got little cabins you can rent. And then the other side is kind of more like a retreat center area. So it's a big, like, U-shaped building. Um, kind of like a motel almost, but it's just not as fancy of a room, obviously. And, and then there's like shared bathrooms. But um, when we went there, we were leaving and everybody's packing up. And then this one gal that was a couple doors down, she like has this dolly and she's wheeling out this mini refrigerator. I was like, Jane, you have a fridge in there? She's like, yeah. She's like, I always bring a fridge to the camp. I'm like, that's a brilliant idea because last year was so stinking hot and it's just... And so basically where we are on this side, the whole cafeteria and everything's on the other side. And it's actually about a kilometer away. And so they've got a, a bus, like a school bus that shuttles back and forth constantly. Um, but sometimes it's nice to be on this side and just relax for an hour or two. But then we don't have, you know, if you want to go get a snack from the cafeteria, we don't have access to that. So we're bringing, we bought a little mini fridge, like the kind they have in hotels. We found one on, on Kijiji. And I'm going to load it when we milk. And I'm bringing my latte machine and we're bringing like freezies and we're just going to load it up with snacks. It's going to be so good. So we say we're going camping, but we're really not camping. It's, it's pretty nice. Not quite hotel nice, but, and then last year, the other side there, cause the water table was so low, their well was having troubles keeping up. And so they had to, <clears throat> uh, put rations on like how the showers and stuff. And our side was on a different well. And so we had all the showers we could handle. Oh, it felt bad for those folks. Like, I haven't showered for two days. I'm like, gross. <laughs> That's gross. Sitting out by a campfire, playing games all day long, getting sweaty and you can't shower. Ugh. Couldn't, I couldn't do that. <sighs> do you guys ever go camping? We got we went camping when we first got married, and I used to camp all the time, but no, not anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah, my dad always says, I've worked I mean, my way up. On, I don't call it camping. We went, we had, when we had the RV, we went places and slept in what they called a campground. Yeah. And an RV. So, no, I took my hotel room on wheels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my dad always says, he says, I've worked my way up the food chain, so I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I would, I kind of like camping. I mean, I, I do enjoy it. Just, you know, do you, do you know what I find is that when we moved out of town, the desire to always go out and get, go camping just disappeared. You know, like when we lived in town and you got your neighbors right there and you're in a city, essentially, and sometimes it's nice to be like, you know what, let's just get away, get a little space and have a little silence and some more trees and a little nature around without cars driving by. But when you live out in the country, you have that every day. You know, and it's kind of like, I don't have a super strong desire just to go camping because that'll actually put me closer to other people. You know, I've got a little more room where I'm at, but interesting. Yeah, down in the States, they got a lot of great, called campgrounds, like RV campgrounds, like the KOAs and stuff like that. Like, I remember when I was a kid, we traveled all over the States. Every summer, we'd jump in the motorhome and we would drive. And you go to, you find these, these KOAs that would have like three outdoor pools. They've got like an outdoor kind of billiards room, like with a roof on it and like pool tables, arcade games. And some of the ones like in Virginia and stuff like that, they would have like nature centers and it'll basically be like this cabin. They've got like all these aquariums and different cages with animals. And then at one o'clock we're doing a nature hike and they'd give you like these little, oh, it was so cool. So cool those places. They don't stuff like that is is not really a thing in Canada. But I remember when I loved those summers because we'd always find these big campgrounds and there's always activities and you know, it's kind of cool stuff. Fun stuff. I remember we stayed at one, and it was the first time I'd ever heard of frisbee golf. And there was this campground had. I think it had four or five different Frisbee golf courses on it. And they were actually having like a professional tour stop there. And I remember just like they had this pro shop and it was huge. And I'm like, it was crazy, man. Good memories as a kid from doing that. When you go up to Banff, where mm -hmm. do you go? Um... Usually we just do day trips. We're actually, I think. In, I mean, no, where do you stay? I thought you went to a resort or something up there. Okay, that one. Oh. Is, do you ever go to the Fairmont? Yes, that's where Steph and I went. Ooh. That's the one that looks like a castle. I want to go there. Oh, dude, it's phenomenal. And if you go, like, the peak seasons, it's kind of stupid expensive. Um, but I think Steph and I did, they had a thing during COVID that they were trying to encourage um, Alberta residents to take advantage of Alberta. And so they had like, you could get Alberta residents discount. And we got, I think we did like 140 bucks a night. And it was a up, it was a pretty nice room. And we went there, we told them it's for our anniversary. And so we were there for two nights. My parents looked after our kids and like we get there and then we went out for dinner. And when we came back, there's a bottle of champagne on ice two flutes, you know, because of our happy anniversary, some homemade chocolates on the bed. And yeah, that is a really great hotel. Like, and even when you look at pictures of it, when you're standing there, it is just so cool, man. 
You guys should do it. Do it. Would you want to do it in the summer or winter? I don't know. I just, uh, winter, you know, whatever the most off time is. Because mm-hmm. I don't ski, so I don't, I'm not worried about that. It's, you know, I, I don't like people, so, you know, whenever there's not a lot of crowds. Yeah. Yeah, highly recommend that. And there's, I think, <clears throat> in the hotel, there's about, I think it's like four or five restaurants. And they're good. Like, and they're not, I, we were shocked how, how they were priced. Like, they're obviously expensive, but a lot of times you get a really nice hotel and the restaurant is like four times as what it should be. And I'm like, they're priced pretty good. And then when we were there, we had, uh, we parked our, our vehicle and it's like, it takes about like five minutes to walk downtown Banff from there. And it's, so we, we didn't drive once. It was like, it was great, man. And then I don't think we stayed there with the kids. We, um, we went back and we just kind of hung out there and be yeah, like their pool, their hot tub. It is like, it is phenomenal. It just has a vibe to it. And it still has like in the main floor, it's got a whole bunch of different shops and souvenir stores like hotels used to do. So it actually feels like a real, like a tourist experience. I really enjoy it there. But yeah, you guys should definitely do that. I mean, it's, Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming the latter part of November is more of a uh, not off-season time, not probably so. more in-season, and they're, yeah, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want that room, but, well, it, it you listed in, uh, order of price you go from a junior uh suite with a view one king bed for two people 871 dollars a night to one bedroom suite one king to two thousand oh wow <laughs> wow yeah they got they have some rooms that are like outrageous um i mean you know five six hundred dollars a night for is not that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there. You know, it's not like downtown Nashville or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. not that it's bad. I'm just saying it's not, you know, BAMP. Yeah. yeah. A lot of famous people stay there. And like when you're going to like check in and stuff, you park and it's just like nice car after nice car after nice car. It is, it is a really nice place. A lot of, I'd say half the people are like walking around, like speaking German or something else. Like it's, it's definitely a tourist destination. That's for sure. But we're actually going camping in Banff in like three weeks, four weeks. Well, like some of our friends from church and stuff, they book these sites like in April. It's like, you guys want to come camping with us? I'm like, sure. And so we stay at, uh, it's called Tunnel Mountain and it's kind of just above Banff. Um, I think it takes like 10 minutes to ride your bicycle into like downtown Bath, but Bath is a great place, man. It's cool. Cause <clears throat> what they did was like years ago, they put a ban on further development. And so essentially any building that was there, that's all that could be there. And so it's not like a sprawling metropolis. So it always has this small town feel, but you have all the modern amenities like 
you know, Lululemon stores, there's Starbucks all over the place. And it's just, I, I like Banff. It's, it's a fun little place to visit. But yeah. Do you know what's weird? Is that uh, Squadcast is saying the app is not focused. And I have nothing else open except for Squadcast. Isn't that weird? If you click off the window at all, the browser, yeah, it turns that on. Yeah, because I'm I was looking at BAMP, and uh, as soon as I click off of the uh, Chrome browser, my app is not focused. Because this is like I only have the one tab in Chrome and only Chrome open, and it says yeah. I'm not focused. I mean, if even if I click the desktop, okay, yeah, I only have one thing open. But if you click anywhere except the browser window that is oh that squadcast is in I mean, it has to be highlighted or else yep i'm like whatever they want all the control <clears throat> it doesn't have to be focused mm-hmm. we have to be focused mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right apparently yeah i got a question do you wear your ring your your masonic ring uh, when i'm here around the house no no um, it's always beside me, but I don't wear it unless I'm like out and about. Yeah. I want to, I want to ask you a question about it and how you wear it, but I'll, uh, we'll do that after sure. we stop recording. Just remind okay. me. I learned something. Um, I think I have the same question or had the same question until I finally found it, um, in one of the constitutions. So, Yeah. It's actually, like, I don't think it's a secret, secret, And it's an amazing, it's another one of those things that's completely, utterly misunderstood. And what everybody thinks is a rule isn't. It's just. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I had somebody uh, unfriend me because I'm a Mason. Oh, really? And it doesn't bother me. Yeah. You know. Um, But then they felt the need to I am me. To let me know that hmm. I unfriended you because you're Mason. I can't believe you, you know, as smart as you are, you would blah, blah, blah. Look, I'd be happy to talk to you about it. But my question going in, my opening question would be, what do you know? Exactly. No, not what you've heard, not what you've read on Google. What do you know firsthand about mm-hmm. being a Mason? Yeah. Well, nothing but, you know, my cousin's second neighbor's boyfriend's mom's um, transitioned boyfriend said, well, no. Because I had never sought out information about them because I knew from way back in the day that there's so much misinformation out there. Mm -hmm. And then... uh, Beforehand, uh, somebody I know that um, they're not active anymore, but they haven't demitted either. They're, they got family things. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, you know, I fully recommend it, you know, go into it eyes wide open. But if you want to see something funny, go watch this documentary on it. But mm-hmm. don't let that color your view. And he said, I wouldn't tell most people to do this, but I know you, 
and you know you can look at something and just disregard it mm-hmm. um but just keep it in the back of your mind um and it'll be so funny once you get your third degree and boy is it and it's supposed to be the most um true to form uh outing of the masonic because it's a former master mason and he did this movie um you know trying to let the world know what the truth is hmm. what's, it, what's even it called? what he wore when in his reenactment is completely wrong hmm. but only a mason would know that mm-hmm. you know yeah um and the stuff he was talking about i'm like it's possible that one of the things that just turned so many people off about it was true at one time. And then you might have individual lodges out there that do it. It is absolutely 100% not a thing officially anymore because, you know, the, the Grand Lodge that runs all the lodges you know, as far as the Masonic government goes, it's a bad word for it, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, the lodge in England, mm-hmm. they, they, they said, no, no, that's not a thing. Um, please stop that. Mm-hmm. I mean, but some lodges still do it. Um, but they're rare. Yeah. Um, but he put it in his that, oh, it's a thing you have to do. And hmm. no, no, it isn't. I still haven't seen a goat. I, yeah. You know, I still haven't <laughs> um, gotten my Illuminati uh, decoder ring. Yeah. Um, I still don't have the login and password for the World Council. You know, yeah. I. Ugh. It's so funny. Um, I was, I was doing some research and they're talking about, you know, it used to be the thing where people thought, okay, maintenance or Masons were not allowed to recruit and people looked into it and they said, well, that's actually never been on the books, but it's been like a widely held account that no, you're not allowed to op- like just publicly recruit people to become Masons. And people started delving into it and looking into all the history and the bylaws and they never they don't want it to be something where it's like, you know, come on, come all. But at the same time, it was never, ever said you can't do it. Um, and they say like in, so in California in 2022, what is it? I think they said there's like over 180,000 new Masons joined. Like they say the California lodges are just like growing like crazy. And um, it was funny. I saw then there's the other reports and it's like, uh, Brad Pitt apparently has become a Mason. <laughs> I don't know. You never know, right? And then Shaquille O'Neal is a Freemason as well. And I'm like, well, no, he was Shaquille O'Neal was a at site. He he was made a master Mason at site. He he's not what I would call a real Mason. What does at site mean? It's when you're the uh, worshipful grand, the most worshipful grandmaster of your like my state. Mm-hmm. Um, finds someone, you know, that can, uh, is a good person and you want, it's like a PR thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
and you bestow the mm, yeah. degree of master mason on them and they don't have to go through the work oh okay kind of like uh you know making somebody a, a knighting them like sir elton john type of deal sir paul mccartney something like that yeah i i, I don't know um but it's a honorary thing oh, not okay, a gotcha. real thing yeah so then, I mean, he's got, he, um, Shaq has a ring and he wears it, um, but he in fact, be. we're going to have a, uh, uh, at site ceremony in a couple of months hmm. for the no, state. No, he wouldn't be allowed to come into a lodge though, right? And Only, like, well... That's different between jurisdictions. Mm. Um, like he could go probably to a stated, but he couldn't go to any work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As I understand it, and you know, I could be wrong, again, by jurisdiction, but he could also learn what he needs to learn mm -hmm. for first and then second and then third, and then he really is. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. There was a, uh, I can't remember the name because I had never heard it before, or at least I couldn't recall ever hearing it before. Um, but then when I looked it up, I'm like, oh, that guy. Uh, he was a, a middle of the road politician. He was a big peacemaker uh, in Washington during the 70s, 80s, but he's very low key. No one knew who he was. Um, really, because he didn't go out there like Mitch McConnell, and um, he didn't have a big nationwide public name, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they, he was an at site, but post uh, after death. Hmm. Gotcha. They, um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I've had a couple comments on my videos. Lately, and there's like, hey, I know, hey, brother, I noticed your ring. I'd love to chat. He's like, I was actually just in Alberta. We were at the Grand Lodge number two a couple of weeks ago, and he's from Ontario. And I've had, I think, like three or four have uh, reached out to me in the last week saying, hey, I noticed your ring in your video. I didn't know you're a brother. I'm like, yep, that's kind of cool. And then uh, I haven't had anybody like get mad about it yet, but I'm sure, I'm sure they have. But, uh, yeah. Just a matter of time mm -hmm. in this day and age. Yep. You say, hey, I believe I'm a white male. <gasps> that's terrible. <laughs> it's like, but that's how I was born. And you believe that? Oh, you're evil person. <laughs> it's like, okay. Like, yep. But, oh, I should probably get cruising. Yep. All right. I got to do, I think I'm going to do the... TS prop. I haven't even opened up that new sharpener they sent me a couple weeks ago. Ooh. I know, so I got to open that up, do a video about that, and some other things. But right on. Well, thanks a lot, Todd. Glad we could uh, get this scheduled in this week. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, everybody. All nineteen of you, apparently, mm -hmm. that listen, and uh, we'll see you again in two weeks. Yes, that's right. All right, y'all, take care.
aren't you going to end the show, Todd? You always end the oh, show. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. um, why don't all of you go laser something on toast? And we will see you again later. Bye-bye.